Let's turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 31 through 32. And once you find Ephesians chapter 4, 31 through 32, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word, and I will too. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you and be kind to another, one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Kind, kind. I have been studying about kind and being kind all week and then some. And just as I was studying about that, I went to a doctor and they gave me a protein bar of some sort. And what was it called? Kind. That was the name of it. Kind. And they told me I need to go buy some and I did. So I just have had kind on my mind and in my body all week. What does it mean? Well, we know what it means to be kind, don't we? I think we do. At least I think we should know what it means to be kind. I think so. It means to be nice. Be nice. But I guess everybody's idea of being nice is different than one another, other people's. We know what it means. I mean, we know the golden rule. You should by now. Your pastor mentions the golden rule all the time. I talk about it because I think it's very important. We know what the golden rule is. Jesus taught it. He lived it. And he spoke about it. But people of this world, talking about the lost, and not just the lost, because there's a lot of saved people who live like the lost. And I'm not just talking about living sinfully, but they try to live by the rules of the lost. And I guess I can understand it because they live with the lost. I'm talking about they work with them. They watch them on television. Our political people, most of them, uh, live like the lost, whether they're saved or not. I don't know. That's not between me and them. That's between them and the Lord. But I do know that we're not to necessarily behave like that. So what does it say? What does Jesus teach us? Jesus teaches us to live a certain way. In Matthew 7, 12 and Luke 6, 31, God gave us the golden rule, which is to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat people the way you want to be treated. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But there's another phrase. There's another phrase. Let me move something real quick. I apologize. This thing's driving me crazy. Just a minute. Get out of here. Some kind of little jingly jingly thing and I can't handle that anyway um, there's another phrase that gets used all of the time now I don't know what it is about the press that drives me insane besides the fact that most of them are stupid but the, what drives me uh, insane about the press and about the media and about the I know and about politics is that you won't hear a phrase ever then suddenly one person will use a phrase and my brother and I were complaining about this yesterday. You hear one phrase, and suddenly you hear it 30, 40 times in a week. Have you noticed that? You'll never hear uh, a certain word or certain phrase, and suddenly they use it again and again and again and again. Like, you guys are a bunch of parrots. You guys are a bunch of parrots. You guys, they may not even know what it means. One of those phrases is the phrase, in kind. In kind. That phrase has been used upteen times in the last couple of months, in kind. Now, what does that mean? Because people are saying we're going to treat each other in kind, in kind, I in kind. But what does that mean? Well, I had to look that up because I heard it by uh, presidents. I heard it by 
once was presidents. I've heard it by all sorts of congressmen, by senates. I've heard it by uh, oh, uh, people in the media. I've heard it by actors. I've heard it uh, in books, in kind. What does it mean? Well, let me explain to you what it says, at least in the dictionary. It says, in kind, to treat people the way we are treated. The exact opposite of what Jesus tells us to do. To treat someone in kind is if they treat you nice, treat them nice. If they treat you mean, treat them mean. This is the sentence that it gives you in the dictionary. Here's a sentence it gives you, okay? It says, if he responded positively, they would respond in kind. In other words, if someone treats you nice, then you treat them nice. But if someone treats you mean, treat them mean. Treat people the way they treat you. Well, folks, that is not at all what the Bible tells us, is it? No. Now, I can understand that's the world's view of things. If someone is good to you, be good to them. If someone's bad to you, be bad to them. But that's, and that's the, the way the world sees it. That's a golden rule. But that is not the golden rule. The golden rule, the way that Jesus Christ spoke to it, is treat people the way you want them to treat you. But this gives me issues too. So some believe this is how we are supposed to live to treat people in kind. And that it is a, that, that is living kind hearted. But that is not living kind-hearted. Not at all. That's living selfishly. So what does it mean to be kind-hearted? Well, first of all, let me tell you. Kind-hearted is the title of today's sermon. Kind-hearted. Is living in kind, kind-hearted? Some would say yes, but really it's not. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus say about being kind-hearted? Well, let's take a look at that. First of all, let's go to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, many there are many, 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 many laws in the Old Testament alone, there were 613 laws. 613 laws, and that's a lot of laws. But let me explain to you that in those laws, there were moral laws. Moral laws are when God tells you something is morally correct and morally wrong. And those laws never change, ever. And I mention this every once in a while for you to remember. Those laws, the Ten Commandments, for instance, never change, ever. They will always be true. Lying is always wrong. Remember that, politicians. Lying is always wrong, no matter what you call it. Remember that, people. Lying is always wrong. Even if you put some sort of frosted flake covering on it, it's still wrong. You can sugar it all you want. The truth is the truth, not your truth, the truth, God's truth. It's still wrong when you lie. And then there are civil laws, which means judicial laws, laws of the land. That's civil laws. Those are there because God was giving laws upon the land. And then there's ceremonial laws. That's religious laws. For instance, do not eat pork. That had stuff like that. You can eat pork, by the way. Go home and eat your, a pound of bacon if you want. Be careful. That's not good for your body. You, you might look more like your pastor by the time you get home. But I'm just simply saying, be careful. But those are ceremonial religious laws, eating the pork and such. About, about other things too. However, judicial laws, civil laws, that's like having the speed limit outside. That's a civil law. It's a judicial law. For instance, eye for an eye. I bet you've heard that a million five hundred and sixty-six times. The reason why people use eye for an eye, there's several reasons for it, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But a lot of times, people take that literal. They take it literal, as if God said in the Old Testament, "Go out and take someone else's eye out." That's not what it was saying. In fact, turn with me now to the book of Exodus, chapter 21, 
verse 22 through 25. And I say this because I have heard eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth so many times, and, and I just got to tell you, if you want my tooth, God help you. My teeth are not the prettiest teeth, and I, I don't know why anybody would want that, but, you know, to each their own. It says this in Exodus 21, 22 through 25. Remember, God is giving judicial laws of the land of Israel to Moses, and he's speaking these things, and this is right after, right after. This is chapter 21. This is right after God gave the law, those moral laws of the Ten Commandments. Because in Exodus chapter 20, he gives the Ten Commandments. And now he's giving these laws of the land. Listen to what he says in chapter 21 of Exodus, verse 22 through 25. He says, if, uh, if men fight and hurt a pregnant woman, so that her child is born prematurely, Yet there is no serious injury, then he shall be surely punished in accordance with what the woman's husband demands of him. Going on, and he shall pay as the judges determined, because there were judges in the land, Levites. Then he goes on to say in verse, and I want you to listen, it's verse 23. But if there is any serious injury, then you shall give life for life, Tama. I want to stop for just a second. Life for life. All right, abortionist listening. All right, people who think it's okay to kill a baby. Listen to what God says. Life for life. God takes the life of a baby very seriously. Notice how it says right here that these men accidentally killed a baby. Think about the people who seriously and intentionally kill a baby. It is serious. God thinks of those children as a life. No matter what you say, God says it's a life. And it is important. But I'll, I digress. Life for a life. 24, remember, a comma, a comma, a comma. Moving on. Life for a life. Eye for an eye. Tooth for a tooth. Hand for a hand. Foot for a foot. Burn for burn. Wound for wound. Bruise for bruise. Is he, and, and then there's a period. See, is he being literal about eye for an eye? Is he being literal about burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise? He's trying to show that everything is equal. That it's an equal law. What you give, what you take, you give. That's what he is. He's giving that. He's putting down the hammer of law down, saying if you take, you will give in return equally. It's an equal law. That's what he's giving. Remember that. Now. The people were all about personal justice and revenge by the time we get to the New Testament. By that time, there were more laws given. I don't remember how many more, but the people of the time, the, the Sadducees, and, and of course, the, uh, the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees, all the Pharisees, they had added their own understanding to the law. They had come up there and they've gotten holier than thou and all these other things. And they even added to what they thought that the Messiah was going to be. They didn't even recognize Christ as the Messiah because Christ means Messiah. They didn't recognize that Jesus was him, even though he filled, he filled out everything. He crossed every T, dotted every I, and they couldn't even recognize him because he wasn't living up to their understanding. Folks, if you don't recognize the Lord God when he's staring you right in the face, the problem is not the Lord God. The problem is you. The problem is you. So let's now turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And stay in the book of Matthew, because after five, we're going to go to six and then seven. Don't worry, we're not going through all those chapters. We're just going to look at a few old things there. I promise. I promise. So in Matthew chapter five, and by the way, I love these chapters. Oh, I love them. 
Matthew, also known as Levi, a lawyer, not quite like what we think of as, but he was a tax man. And I know what you're thinking right away. All right, I already hate him. No, 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 no. Matthew was a good man. Good man who loved the Lord, changed his life completely. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 38 through 42. And it says this. You have heard, and this is Christ talking, of course, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. And if anyone sues you in court of law and takes away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him who asked you, and uh, from him who would borrow from you, turn, do not turn away. Uh, I'm going to stop for just a second. Um, now, I'm going to stop for just a second. Does this mean that Jesus Christ is literally saying, give him all the things he's asking? No. He's saying what? He's saying that do not take revenge. He's speaking against revenge because people of that time were all about revenge, about own, their own personal justice. That's what the people of that time were because they had taken things in their own hand. You know how the Pharisees were. You know how the people were. They were all about taking their own personal justice, seeking their own understanding, their own revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're not to take revenge. This doesn't mean if someone comes to your house and says, hey, I like your TV. I'm taking your TV. Oh, okay, I got to. I'm a Christian. I got to turn the other cheek. No. Listen, you come to my house and try to take my TV unless I offer it to you. If you come to my house and try to take my TV, you're going to have an issue because this fat man uses his TV quite a bit. Now, does that mean I'm not a good Christian? No, I'm just not a sucker. God doesn't ask you to literally be a boxing punching bag. No, 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 no. God, but wait, you're a Christian. God said, don't take things so literally. Yes, you can be loving. Yes, you can be forgiving. But that doesn't mean that every time uh, you meet a lost person in, in Walmart or wherever you go, and, and that they come up to you and go, bah, smack you in the face. You're supposed to go, well, that's, I got to turn around. Let them do it again. That's not what it says to do. Don't have to lay down like a doormat. You're not supposed to lay down like a doormat, speaking of which. Two weeks ago tomorrow, I was laying like a doormat on the doormat outside. Now, luckily, the two stooges over here, along with this stooge, they weren't walking on top of me. They were watching out for me. In fact, they were a little concerned because they saw me doing my little, you know, carpet angel. And they said, is he having a seizure? So the point is, is that the point is, is that and I think they would have been more happy if I had been instead of me just acting silly. But the point is, is that they weren't walking on top of me. They were taking care of me. But. If someone was to come in right now and ask me to give everything we have, would I do it? No. Why? Because we have to take care of our own. We have to take care of the Christians. We have to take care of Christ. But the lost want us, to, they want to take this scripture out of context, switch it all around and say, oh, you're supposed to be a loving. You're supposed to be a Christian. Turn the other chicken. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Let me punch you. Oh, turn another one. Let me take out your eye. Let me take. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. Don't take it out of context and don't. Let Satan and the rest of his little nimrods of the world mislead you with it. Amen. You can be loving and yet not be an imbecile. 
I digress. Matthew chapter 6, 14 through 15. It took me years to realize that, by the way. I was misused, brainwashed, manipulated, single and not single, manipulated. And you know what? It took me years to realize that no means no. And Christ doesn't want you to be a doormat for anyone, especially in his name, because that is bad for him, too. Chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men of, for their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men of, for their sins, neither will your Father forgive your sins. Remember, he's talking to these people at that time who are holding grudges and judgment on everyone. They want revenge. You must forgive people when they do you wrong. And do not seek revenge. Let God take care of that. Don't, yes, you should forgive because it's bad for you if you don't. Don't seek vengeance is what Christ is saying. That doesn't mean you're bad for feeling bad. It just means don't seek vengeance. Now to chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 27 through 36. Chapter 7, verse 27 through 36. Oh, wait a minute. I misspoke. I apologize. I, I, I completely misspoke. Chapter 7, verse 1 through 12. It says, judge not that you be not judged. By the way, this does not mean don't use judgment. It, people misquote that all the time. Listen to what it says. Judge not that you be not judged. For with, that, with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured again for you. And why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or will you say to your brother, let me pull the speck out of your eye when a log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. See, it doesn't say don't judge. It says first make sure that you are correct, and then you can help your brother. People don't ever get to that, do they? No. They lot say, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. Jesus says, don't judge. No, that's not what he said. He said, if you are a hypocrite, you don't have the right to judge. He says, first, take all this away from you. Then you can help those who have that speck. That's what he's saying. Help, get help, then you can help. But if you need help first, you can't help others. Is what he's saying. It goes on to say in verse uh, six, so I believe where I'm going here. Verse six, yes. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn around and attack you. You see what he's saying? He's saying the lost are swine and dogs. And then goes on to say this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you who, if he, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, being evil, and that's what he says here, you being evil, those who do not know the Lord, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, verse 12, therefore, Everything, everything you would like men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. 
Okay, so now we know. Now we know. Now let's turn. Now let's turn to Luke. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And this is we're going to we're going to read from verse 27 to 36. Luke 6, 27 through 36 says, But I say to you, and this is in the same place, by the way, same from the same area where Jesus was saying this, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. That's hard, isn't it? Isn't it hard to do good to those who are treating you horrible? It is. And sometimes we can't do it on our own. Let's be honest. Most of the time, we can't do it on our own. But through Christ, it's all possible. Through the Holy Spirit, it's possible. I go on. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those, verse 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer also the other. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic as well. Give to everyone who asks of you and of him who takes away your goods, do not ask for them back. Now, remember, this is not really about giving everything you got up and being a sucker. This is about revenge. It's about being loving and kind to all people. Because it goes on to say my, one of my favorite verses, if not my favorite verse. That is Luke 6, 31. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. I would say unto them. But do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I'll go on to verse 36 here. For if you love those who love you, what thanks do you receive? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what thanks do you receive? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what thanks do you receive? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much in return. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, then your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Reading these scriptures, Christians are supposed to be doormats, right? No, no. I just mentioned to you how I was a doormat <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Uh, at least I was that angel, a doormat angel. But you're not to be a doormat. Because that's not loving God. It's not loving your fellow brothers and sisters. It's not loving to you, and it's not loving to them. It's not loving to them. It's not loving to the sinner. How is it loving to your sinner to tell them to keep on sinning? To keep on doing the sinful things? It's not loving. It's not loving to say, keep sleeping out of wedlock. It's not loving to say, have abortion. It's not loving to say to them, God doesn't mind if you're living the way he didn't make you. Now you can take that as you want. But we know, we know what we're talking about. It's not loving to say God has no problem with you doing things to your body that's going to kill you. Because God tells us to treat our body like a temple. It's not loving, and that can be taken all sorts of ways. It's not loving to tell children to behave like you're the opposite sex of what God made you to be. It's not loving. It's not loving to lie and tell them, well, it's okay. As long as you believe it, it's not a lie. That's a line from a TV show. But people live that way. People live that way all the time. 
And at the time, people laughed at that because that was so, such a stupid statement. But people say it all the time. We hear it from, uh, on television from news constant. We have to be careful. We're not to live that way. Remember, the scripture was that we just read was about revenge, not letting your literal neighbors treat you like garbage. Sin and disrespect in the name of Jesus. We're not to be that way. We're to be about kindness, not cowardness. And that's hard sometimes. It's hard to have a balance there, isn't it? I think it is. But I'm not going to be a coward neither. And that's hard. Because sometimes people, and I've had a few of them this week, people will say, if you don't agree with me, you're evil and God hates you. (laughs) So therefore, if I don't live up to their expectations, I'm an evil wretch. But I don't have to live up to their expectations. I have to try to follow God and his word, not these other people's words. Because if I live up to that person's understanding, what about your understanding? And what about the other person's understanding? They didn't make me. God did through my parents. You see how that works? In the end, you're not going to have to answer to those people. You're not going to have to answer to your, to the, your mechanic. I'm just using that because I'm just thinking about it. You're not going to have to answer your mechanic. You're not going to have to answer to the, the lady at Quick Trip today when you go by there and pay for your gasoline. You're not going to have to answer to the people who don't get your food to you very quickly when you go to the restaurant here in a little bit. Or to the, the people at McDonald's when they forget to uh, get your burger right or whatever it is. You're not going to have to answer to them. You have to answer to the Lord God. That's who. Now, I'm not saying be rude to those people. Treat them with love and compassion. But if they get mad because you don't call them they, them, or whatever it is, remember, you're okay. You say, God bless you. Go on. You'll be okay. But God made me they, them. No, he didn't. He made you you, youngster. And go on. Now, does that mean we're going to be rude and crude and all that? No, 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 no. But you got to remember. Remember. Be kind and don't be cowardice. What do I mean by that? First of all, they're not the same thing. We're going to be kind to people, but we're not going to live to their expectations, but God's expectations. Because it's not kind to give people what they want when what they want is not what God demands from us. It says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Do not repay evil for evil or curse for curse, but on the contrary, bless knowing that to this you are called so that you may receive a blessing. Be kind to them. Don't be rude. Don't be cruel. We'll get to more of that in a moment. I like what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. It says this. It says, So embrace as the elect, which you are, your elect, your chosen, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Bear, that's a, that's a little bit commercial for tonight, bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, you so you must do, excuse me, so you must do, excuse me, let me say it again. Even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. In other words, you must also forgive others. Verse 14. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. We must love. We must love. You may not agree with people of the world, and you shouldn't. But love them. Love them. Don't go over 
Don't curse them out. And by curse them out, I'm not talking about cursing literally. But don't yell at them and say, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. No. Treat them with love. So that God can open the door. So that they can come to you and speak to you in kindness and love. If they ask the question, which they will at some point, if that's God's will, be honest and loving and kind and open with love, patience. And here's how I always do it. This is so it's never Philip's opinion. I always say, according to the word of God, the Bible. This is why I'm always loaded with scripture prepared to attack the enemy. They're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. Satan's the enemy. Remember that. They're not the enemy. Those poor people are not the enemy. They're used to the enemy a lot of times, but they're not the enemy. So be prepared. Pastor, I don't know where to find things like you do. Well, luckily you have a big mouth pastor who's always throwing out scripture. And he repeats it two, three, four, five times a month. But this way you can write it down or you can go and watch it on Facebook or you can go watch it on YouTube. You can watch these things and therefore you can even give it a like or five. But either way, this is a this is a way you can learn these things. Now, perhaps by today's standards in kind, as we mentioned a while ago, we should be like them. Be rude, crude, lewd, or they think of you as a prude. Aren't we? we all, we're all prudes. You know that. In reality, they're a prude if they think you're no good because you don't live up to their standards, right? Or you can be like a lot of the lost who brood over you being a prude in their mind. <laughs> if others disagree or don't live up to your own personal standards or opinions, people brood over it and get mad. You've seen it, whether it's on Facebook or any other kind of social media. People get mad or maybe in your family. Maybe you got people who don't agree with your religious, that they call it religious, biblical beliefs because you're not following your beliefs, you're following the Lord God's. And they get mad. Oh, he's just too religious. That's the statement they say. She's just, she's just too religious for me. Oh, I don't know. She's holier than thou. No, you're not. I mean, there are some who can be. They're like, you need to do what I do. No, no, they don't. They need to do what Christ did. They need to follow like Jesus. But I can never be as good as Jesus. No one's saying you'd be as good as Jesus. They're saying, let Jesus do it through you. Let the Holy Spirit do it through you, through you. Let him change you. Here's the problem. We're like spoiled brats sometimes. We want our cake and we want to eat it too. And as a man who's eaten a lot of cake, and oh, I have. I've eaten so much cake with milk. And when you eat that cake, and I'm talking about sin cake, okay? When you eat that sin cake, but yet you still want to be a good Christian man, it doesn't work. Because I'm going to tell you what happens. After a while, if you keep eating sin cake, I'm doing good on my spiritual diet. Are you really? After a while, that sin cake adds pound after pound after pound. It's not just pound cake, folks. It's sinful pound cake. And it adds on. And you know what happens after a while? Something's wrong with this belt. It's not the belt. It's you. It's you. It's the belt of truth. No, 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 no. There's something wrong with this belt. It's the one wearing it. Come on now. We all know. We all know you can say amen. It's okay. Okay. Now I'm feeling real self-conscious. Okay. <sighs> okay. What does it say? What does it say? In Proverbs eleven seventeen. Proverbs eleven seventeen. The merciful man does good to his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own body. I think we just talked about my own body. <laughs> First John three eight. First John three eight says, whoever practices sin is of the devil. 
I'll say it like my friend's friends from work. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 24.17. Proverbs 24.17 says this to us. Do not rejoice. And this is important. I know we get irritated at our enemies. And remember, they may be an enemy to you. And they might be. There might be someone at work or someone in your family, someone down the street who treats you horrible. Someone in politics, someone that there might be someone that you don't care for much. You may not like them, but you should always love them. And they're not your enemy. The enemy is Satan, who may be trying to use them to hurt you. Don't think of them as the enemy. Remember to love them anyway. That's hard, Pastor. I know it is. I've made very good friends with people who wanted to punch me in the face. I stood right there in the face of this young man one time in 1995. I just got back from the Promise Keepers, which was a wonderful men's uh, uh, worship service one time. I got back and he was ready to pound me in the face. And man, I want to tell you something. This young man here, I was just 18 years old. And I was pumped up and I was ready to show him a Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan ready to punch him and act like Rocky Balboa. But you know what? Just though I was ready to do it and the Holy Spirit says, no, you don't. Offer him a hand, a, a, a peace offering. I said, looked at him and said, how about you and I go to the movies? <laughs> I wanted to act like I was a character from the video game Mortal Kombat. But instead, I offered to take him out and see Mortal Kombat, the movie. Because it was happened to be out at the time, and he'd never seen it. I paid his way to see that movie, and you know what happened? He and I became very good friends, and guess what happened? The next week, he came, joined our church, and he was part of our church for about a year. And I'm simply saying, just because this man is like an enemy to you, doesn't mean he has to stay that way. It's not going to come from him, it's going to come from you and the love of Jesus Christ. That could change. His whole family came for a year. Now, they moved away, that's why they, they didn't stay. But the point is, is that just because it seems that way and you want to get in the flesh, we all want to get in the flesh sometimes with our tongue, with our thoughts, with our actions. Just because you may want to get in the flesh doesn't mean you have to. We're not to be of the world. Not by our own kind. So it says in Proverbs 24, 17, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Man, that's hard sometimes. But we need to pray for him and reach out to them. Help them. Pray for their families. Let Christ do the talking. In John chapter 3, 20 through 21, I want you to remember something. This is the same chapter within which Jesus Christ was speaking to uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus was one of the uh, Pharisees. The Pharisees, most of them were after Christ and wanted to hurt him. But Jesus Christ spoke to Nicodemus. Nicodemus became a Christian because of the kindness that Christ was speaking to him. And he believed he was the Messiah. We need to speak with kindness no matter what. That doesn't mean be a doormat. I told you that. It doesn't mean let them walk all over you and hurt you. It doesn't mean that. But show compassion. But if they start to hurt you and want to hurt you, what do we do? What do we do? They dust off our feet and walk away. And wait for someone else who God will use you with. Okay, here we go. Here we go. John 3, 20 through 21. For everyone who does evil hates the light 
and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that it might be revealed that his deeds have been done in God. Amen. Remember, Christian, your standard is to live up to God's standard, Christ. Know it. Live the word daily. We are to have these standards as a part of our daily focus. As it says in 1 Peter 4, 8. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all things, have unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. And that's hard. That's very hard. I like what it says in Philippians 2, 4. Philippians 2, 4, it says, Let each of you play to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. This is what we are to do. When we are kind-hearted, we're to be kind to everyone. And that is not easy. Remember, that doesn't mean to be a sucker. I don't know about you. I have been made fun of all the time for being kind. I have been told over and over and over again, you're just too nice. I remember when I was a young man, a teenager in the young 20s, how many times I would ask girls out and be shot down like a lead balloon. And that's okay. I don't mind. But it would happen. And many, many times, it, or I'd hear the girls talking at work or whatever, and they say, this guy's nice. This guy, this guy's really cool. This guy, they always say, but not Philip. is just too nice. He's too nice, you know. And they wanted a guy who was a little rebellious, a little. But Philip's just too nice, too nice. And then I'd hear him talking again, how the guy they went out with treated on him and or whatever it was and stole this from him, do this, this. And I was like, and then there's Mister Nice over here, always, always there to help them and pray for them and be there for them. And I pat him on the back and I say it's going to be okay. And and they'd always had their head on my shoulder, cry, literally, and crying and. And I pray for them to be hugging on me. They said, why can't I find a guy like you? I said, because I'm too nice. And then they would, yeah, you are. You're just too nice. You just need not to be so nice. And that's the problem. I'm like, okay. And see, that's the thing. Either you want a nice guy or you don't want a nice guy. And I would rather be too nice than not nice enough. Okay. Too nice. But that's all right. That's all right. I'm going to treat people the way I want to be treated. I want to treat people with love, compassion, kindness. But you know the way I see it? God was protecting me. God was protecting me. He's still protecting me to this day. He wants me to be protected, to be nice, compassionate, and kind. Make the golden rule your standard. Make it your compass. Make the Holy Spirit your compass to treat people the way you want to be treated, not the way they treat you, and that's hard. Romans 12, 18. <coughs> Romans 12, 18. If it is possible... If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. God says it is guaranteed. I told you before about me walking around the entire school, talking with everybody, making friends with everybody, being friendly with everybody. I know that you try to do the same. Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood. You remember that? They could walk around. Be friendly with everybody. Officer friendly used to come to our school. Be nice to everybody. I remember Shane Stem for a while there. Pastor Shane Stem. He used to be Mr. Fr officer friendly. He said that was the best job he ever had. He said he loved to be officer friendly because he got to be nice to the children and teach them how to be nice and be careful too. And folks, what I love about being friendly all the time with people is you get to show people the way you want to be treated. But more importantly, 
People misunderstand Jesus Christ. They think that Jesus Christ was friendly all the time. Was Jesus Christ friendly? Yes. He treated people with love and compassion. But Jesus Christ got to a point when people were doing things wrong. He was nice enough to tell them they were wrong. He told the woman at the well that go from here. He told her at, at the woman at the well. He said, the men, man that you're with now is not your husband. He told her she was living in sin because he was nice enough to be honest. Honesty is kind. If you're a liar, you're not kind. Jesus Christ went to the woman who was about to be stoned to death and he saved her. That was kind. But then he was kind enough to say, go from here and sin no more. People always leave that out. Why? Because they want to think that a kind man, Jesus was so kind. He says, just keep on sinning, keep on sinning. That's not Jesus. Jesus was kind enough to say, stop what you're doing. He went to the Pharisees who were evil, said that they were of the devil. He was kind enough to tell them where they were wrong. No, 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 not my Jesus. My Jesus is the kind of Jesus that says, just keep sleeping with someone who's not your wife. No, 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 no. Just keep going around and sleeping with all the men that you meet online. No, 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 no. Just keep having uh, getting pregnant out of wedlock and killing the baby. No, no, that's my Jesus. No, your Jesus does not that. He says, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, actually what he said. He said, no, don't do that. He said in Romans chapter 12 through his servant Paul, not to have homosexual relationships. He was of the law, a fulfillment of the law. And if you know your law through the 613 laws, not being a homosexual was a part of it. And God made you a man. He made you a woman. Live like it. Jesus was the fulfillment of that. Don't tell me what your Jesus is. If your Jesus is going against the word of God, it's not Jesus that you're worshiping. It might be an antichrist. It might be a demon pretending to be Jesus. But you don't know Jesus. Not really. Or at least you're not worshiping him like you think you are. You need to come to know him. Now, maybe that makes me not sound kind-hearted because people oftentimes get the definition of being of kind and kind-hearted confused. Or maybe they get kindness and cowardness confused. So treat people with love and compassion, but be compassionate enough to be truthful. If you're living out there today and you're living out of wedlock, I love you with all my heart and soul, I really do. But that's not godly. If you're living in a confused relationship, the, the wrong sex and all that. I love you still. I do. The Bible's against that too. If you have made a mistake in your life, and at the time the people you're with told you it was okay to have an abortion or whatever it was, that was a mistake of the past. No one's going to hold that against you. God forgives you too if you're truly sorry for that. God's forgiven you for your mistakes. Or maybe you've had problems, you've lied. Well, God forgives you for that. Maybe you've stolen something before. God forgives you for that. No one's going to hold that against you. God's your judge, not us. However, we're also not to make excuses for it. Come forward. We're going to be kind-hearted enough today to be honest with you. And a kind-hearted person is going to love everyone despite problems because that includes us. I'm a sinner. But I'm also lucky enough that I was born in a house where my father was kind-hearted enough to be honest with me and tell me that I was a sinner. I'm so thankful for that. 
I'm so very thankful for his kind-hearted ways and my mama's kind-hearted ways and my church's kind-hearted ways to say that I was going to hell. Otherwise, I'd be going to hell thinking I'm going to heaven and that's not being kind-hearted at all. That's being a bald-faced liar, letting someone go to hell. That's hateful. If you're kind-hearted today and you know it, make sure you tell someone the truth. If you know that they're not on the way to heaven or perhaps they're on the way to heaven, but they're living like the world, let them know if they bring it up to you. Be kind to all people. When you're at the store and maybe you're not feeling well, maybe you're in a bad mood, don't let yourself be speaking. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. Be kind. Treat people the way you want to be treated. It's vitally vital and it's important. And I'm going to close with the same scripture that I opened with, except, except, I'm going to give you a couple more verses before it. And I know, I know it's kind of a hard sermon. Who would have thought talking about being kind-hearted is pretty harsh in a way? It is. It's hard because you have to question if you're really being kind or if you're being a coward. And that's hard. I didn't like talking about it, and I don't like talking about it. But I have to question myself. Because many times I want to get out of these conversations, but God won't let me. And I can't because I have to answer to him. But listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 again. Verse 29 this time, through 32. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. That happens a lot now. But only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners. I'm going to stop for just a second. Building up doesn't mean lying to make people feel good. It doesn't. I go on. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, Forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. And as you leave here today, I don't know your life. I don't know your history. And I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe right now, you're caught in a situation in your relationships, or the people you know, that you're having a hard time letting go of something that happened. But let it go. Give it to God. Don't just let it go and never mention it again. Give it to God. Give it to God, and he will help you. He will help you with all the things you need. Only God can help you with your problems. Only God can. We try to do it on our own, and we can't do it. But God can. Oh, we could try to do it on our own, but it will only get worse. Give it to God. Let him lead you and guide you. And those problems will get much, much better. I promise. He will help you be kind-hearted with the people, even when they're not to you. And it will all work out in the end. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for helping us in the moments that sometimes we're not kind to one another. Sometimes, Lord God, we get so frustrated with what we see around us. And we lean upon our own understanding. We lean upon the flesh. We lean upon our frustrations. And I know you understand, but I know it doesn't make it right. And I pray that we will lean to you and to your word and to the Holy Spirit and that you will speak to us, that you will speak through us, and that we will just be quiet and let you do the talking. 
I pray, Lord, that you will teach us today how to behave and how to live. I pray for all of this. And I pray also, Lord, if there be anyone here today, Lord, who needs to come forward and pray, that you will lead him to do so. And that you will change us from inside out. In Jesus' most holy and precious name, amen.